Welcome to the Living Epistle Podcast, the place where you will find biblical principles to help you live out your faith on a daily basis and to have a positive impact on the lives of others. So get ready for another powerful episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Hello, my name is Tony Miles, and welcome to this week's episode of Living Epistle Podcast. I had a chance this week to catch up with several of my friends and uh, just to check in with them to see um, how they were doing and to see what was going on in their lives. And I have to tell you, I was so encouraged when I got off the Zoom meeting with them that I literally could not stop smiling for a few minutes um, after the meeting. And the truth of the matter is that we were all laughing and joking and smiling almost the entire time um, that we were on the Zoom meeting. And the, it was just really great um, seeing them. And so, again, we were catching up on our families, we were catching up on our jobs, um, our careers, whatever extracurricular pursuits we might be involved in, and also what was happening with us in ministry. And so the reason that we had the gathering in the first place is one of the brothers reached out to me last week, and he said, hey, man, we, um, we haven't talked in a while. Um, our group hasn't talked in a while, so let's, um, let's get together. And so I just was thinking that I'm grateful for this brotherhood that has helped um, hold each other accountable. I'm grateful for this brotherhood that inspires and challenges. I'm I'm just grateful for this brotherhood to um to see other brothers of like faith who are serious about God, serious about their family, serious about being used by God in their um in their everyday lives. And so I just was really contemplating, reflecting on how blessed I am to be surrounded by such an amazing circle of of friends. And so let me be clear: when I use the word friend, I do not lo- uh, use that term loosely. Um, so when I talk about my friends, it's a pretty small group. And one of the things I always remember, my mom is, um, has gone on to be with the Lord um, for over uh, 22 years now. She's uh, gone on 21 years. She's been gone to, to be with the Lord. And uh, But she used to say to me, and this always resonated with me, and I always remember this. She used to say, you'll have a lot of acquaintances in your life, but you will have very few friends. And so let's put this in the proper context. There's a huge difference between how the world views friendship and how God views friendship. And let me give you a quick example. Friend in the context in which I'm using it is a noun, right? The Oxford Dictionary describes friend as, quote, a person whom one knows and with whom one has a strong bond of mutual affection, typically exclusive of sexual or family relations, end quote. Um, so, right. So that's friend. We're talking about a person, somebody that I'm close to, but they're not a blood relative and I'm not involved with them in any way other than, you know, um, a platonic relationship. But in this case, in our modern day society, though, when we hear the word friend is used as a verb. Right. And I'm sure most of you, uh, p- particularly our millennials and those who are younger, when you hear the word friend, you think of a verb and how it's used in, in the modern day context. It means Quote, to add someone to a list of contacts associated with a social network, a networking website, end quote. 
And let me be clear, the second definition is not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about friends. I'm not talking about friending somebody on Facebook or whatever the case may be. Um, and so can you, you can now see how casually this word friend is bandied about in our society. But the truth of the matter is that the gap between the world, the definition, the world's definition of friendship and the biblical definition is of a Grand Canyon proportion. That gap is as huge as the Grand Canyon is wide and deep. Right. And so it's important um, that as Christians, you and I, um, we have a clear biblical understanding of the meaning of friendship. And so real friends, meaning from the biblical perspective, are not in relationships for what they can get out of it. Nor do they abandon or betray their friends in, in times of difficulty or bad times. Biblical friends stick with you even when there's no perceived benefit in doing so. And certainly they also stick with you in the midst of adversity. And this brings us to uh, Proverbs 17 and 17. And it reads, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. And so the word brother in this verse refers to uh, not just siblings, but more broadly to brothers and sisters in the Lord. Right. So, again, it we, we could even read that is a friend loves at all times and a sibling is born for adversity. So what does that mean? Uh, in other words, a friend is always loyal and a brother or sister in Christ is born to help in times of need. I mean, that's like that's the defining moment of when you can really determine who your friends are. In the eyes of the world, though, friendship is a self-centered concept. It's all about what you can do for me or what I can gain as a result of my association with you. With the world's definition, people are usually just acquaintances and they often uh, think of each other as friends because they share common interests or enjoy um, each other's company. And so while sharing common interests and enjoying each other's company are good things, at best, though, they make for a shallow basis for friendship, right? And so you can share common interests with people who, um, you know, wouldn't cross the street to help you in a time of need. And you can enjoy the company of people who care nothing about you. And this is so, so true when we think about this tech world and this tech environment in which we currently live today. We can be online, whether it's via social media platform, whether it's Zooms or a Zoom or a Teams meeting or, or video gaming systems. And we're sharing something in common. We have common interests. But do the people with whom we're interacting really care about us? Right. Not necessarily. And that's why it's important to understand this biblical uh, definition of friendship. In the eyes of God, friendship is an outwardly focused concept. In other words, it's about service to others rather than service to self. But even... Uh, um, but it's even more than that. You know, God has specific expectations of what a friend must be willing to do for a friend. And these expectations include, number one, remaining loyal and helpful during good times and bad times. True friends are happy for you and with you when things are going well. And a great example of this is what we experienced this week when one of our brothers, one of the brothers in the group, his daughter is graduating this weekend from college. And he was so excited and just so pleased. And we could feel his enthusiasm and his excitement and his pride in his daughter. And man, we were elated with him and for him on this great achievement. I mean, genuinely, we were happy for him because we felt and shared in this accomplishment and this milestone for his baby girl, right? True friends are there to cry and to weep with you when life hits us with these unexpected um, 
uh, adversity, right? And when we need a shoulder to lean on or a shoulder to cry on, if your friends are nowhere to be found when life has put you in a tough spot, then you may want to reconsider those relationships. And number two, God expectation includes speaking the truth in love and with respect and with tact, even when it hurts. You want people in your life that when you ask them their opinion, you don't have to wonder, are they telling you the truth? Is there an ulterior motive? Is there something that they're withholding because, you know, they have an ulterior motive? You want people that you know you can believe what they say, even when it doesn't feel good when they're saying it to you. The third thing God expects in friendship is including the demonstration of the kind of love as described in 1 Corinthians 13. And I want to pause right here just in case you're not familiar with that chapter. It's, it's referred to affectionately as the love chapter, right? But I just want to read a couple of verses from this, um, that that particular uh, chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. It says, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity or injustice, but rejoices in truth. And it bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And here it is. Love never fails. When everything else fails, when everything else disappoints, when everything else is unsteady, when everything else comes to an end, there's love at the end standing there waiting to embrace us, to hold us close, to comfort us, to strengthen us, to encourage us, to challenge us. Love is always there. And then the final expectation that God talks about as a friend is that one who's willing to lay down one's life if the need arises. And this is really the final um, expectation that's set forth in John 15 and 13. And it is the ultimate test of biblical friendship. John 15 and 13 reads, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. And are there people in your life? And of course, this is referring to Christ, right? We know that. But are the, the, the principle is the same. Are there people in your life who you call friends, who I call friends, who we call friends, who are willing to drop everything and to go into battle with us in our times of need? Are they willing to be inconvenienced for us? Are they willing to be inconvenienced and to stand with you, even though it might cost them something? Are they willing to pay the price and give the ultimate sacrifice because they are our friends, because they're your friend, my friend, because they're our friend? In John 15, 13, Jesus is teaching his disciples how to be good friends to each other, because at the end of the day, a friend is one who does everything he or she can to push us, to encourage us, to challenge us, to fulfill our God-given assignment. This just happened to me and to us, a couple of brothers in a group. I'm in an investment group the other night where one of the, the president of the investment club was asking us, what's your vision? What's your goal? What's your dream? What's your desire, right? This brother was pushing us and asking us to think about the things that we may not necessarily think about in those terms, but, but to be able to challenge just to articulate that when somebody asks us the question, what is your dream? What is your vision? What is it that you see God doing in your life, right? A friend pushes us and then challenges us and inspires us to, as the scripture says, to die empty, meaning we don't want to take anything to the grave with us that God has placed inside of us and has intended for us to do during our time here on earth. That really is my desire. It is to die empty that when I'm gone, there's nothing left that that's undone that God has desired for me or placed inside of me. 
Right. And so here's the thing. Why am I bringing this up right right now, this time of year? Well, basically, as I mentioned before, because I had this conversation with my dudes earlier this week, but also as we look at closing out 2022 and heading into 2023, now is a great time to check our circle, to check out our dreams, to check out our visions, to check out what God has in store for us. And so think about the people who you consider friends over the years. Now, ask yourself, how many of them meet this biblical criteria, these biblical expectations that were just laid out just a little while ago in this podcast, and know that it's okay to do some pruning, right? The pruning process will help produce more fruit. And the Lord gave me this real life example. Seriously, family, God is so good. He gave me this real life example earlier this week, earlier this week, the lawn guys who um, do the grounds at our office came by um, this uh, earlier this week. I think I believe it was on Monday or Tuesday, but it was earlier this week. And they came by and they pruned all of the long branches on the crepe myrtle trees. And so I looked and they cut back those crepe myrtle branches. I mean, almost right back to the to the base of the tree. And so right now the crepe myrtles are looking a little sparse. They're looking a little thin. They're looking a little meager. I was literally looking at them again today um, after I had done the podcast. I was looking at them today and I was like, wow. But here's the thing, family. When the spring comes, these crepe myrtles right now who just look like sticks in the ground, these crepe myrtles will blossom into some of the most beautiful, the most colorful, the most full, the most green. And the leaves on these happen to be pink and purple and fuchsia. And they're going to blossom into the most beautiful trees on the property. Why? Because they have been cut back now in order to be ready for the new growth when the spring comes. And so God wants us to do the same things in our lives. God wants to do us to do the same things as we look at our relationships. God says sometimes we have to cut back on the old. We have to get ready. We got to get rid of these things that are right now not producing anything that are barren and that are bare. And we've got to cut them back so that when the springtime comes, we can be prepared prepared for the new growth that God wants to produce in us, right? Oh, it was just so beautiful to see um, when I saw these nubs sticking out of the ground, but the trees are healthy, but you wouldn't know it today because they're cut back. And again, they're just looking very sparse, but God says, but I'm up to something. And so I'll close again with, um, with a verse from John chapter 15, verse 16. And this is Jesus talking. Jesus said, you did not choose me, But I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the father in my name, he will give you. And so, family, um, my buddy said to this one time, he said his dad told him, you don't let your friends choose you. You choose your friends. And I thought that was so wise. So Jesus is telling him, you didn't choose me. I chose you. And you know, in that scripture, Jesus says, no longer do I call you servants, but I, I call you friends. Why? Because I want you to go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. And so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give you. And so my prayer for you, as we are looking at um, 2022 in our rearview mirror and kind of what happened or didn't happen. And as we're looking at closing out 2022, and heading into 2023, uh, my prayer for you is that you have asked God to put people in your life who will help you to be as fruitful 
as God intends and desires for you to be. My prayer for you, my prayer for me, my prayer for us as believers is that we are pruned and ready to bear much fruit. And so it may hurt. It may not look nice. It may not look great, but it's okay to prune those things that are unproductive. It is okay to prune those things that are unfruitful. Why? Because God desires that we bear much fruit. And so really part of us bearing that fruit is making sure that we've got people in our lives who are for us, who are with us, who are encouraging us, who are challenging us, who are pushing us into our destiny in Jesus Christ. Amen. And so remember, family, even now, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. This is Tony Miles. Thanks for listening. Now go and be a living epistle. Join us again next week for another episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Music for Living Epistle Podcast is provided by audionautics.com.